What the Actual Fork podcast is co-hosted by two intuitive eating registered dietitians, yours truly, Sammy Previtt, owner of Fine Food Freedom, and Jenna Warner, owner of Happy Strong Healthy. We can't stand diet culture bullshit and love keeping it real. Our mission is for all humans to believe that they are made for so much more than chasing a smaller body. We are also here to share with you that food can be fun and pleasurable again. Although we are medical professionals, we are human too. We are not afraid to share our deepest, darkest secrets and how years of our lives were taken by diet culture. We started this podcast so no human has to feel alone in their journey towards food freedom. So get comfy and join us for a casual convo where you can expect to laugh, cry, learn, and grow. Welcome back to another episode of What the Actual Fork Podcast. Jenna, how are you doing? You know, I'm just excited to hear from you today, if I'm being honest. I just had the most delicious lunch. Like it had so much truffle oil on it. Like I can taste it in my mouth still. And I'm ready to hear about your day. <laughs> uh I don't know if you are. So, <laughs> so literally we were voice memoing not long ago. And between the time we voice memoed to the time we've recorded this episode, it hasn't I'm been so that scared. long. And okay. So, you know, that I've been renting an office to, so when Luke, my husband was on paternity leave, we are so grateful that he had a paternity leave. I decided, okay, I'm going to rent an office. I'm going to get out of the house because there's no way that with our daughter, Sienna being a few months old, our house is small, like with her screaming and playing, like I'm just going to want to interact. So I understand. Had an office, right. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I never went to it. So you love that. Um, anyways, so I am done with this office as of tomorrow because she's at full-time daycare. So I'm like, there's just no need anymore, which is great. And I think I went to this office, like I'd have to check my TikTok of the last time I made a TikTok in there. That's how I would know the last time I was there. But it was probably like a week and a half ago. So they they are supposed to take out the trash twice a week and sanitize the office. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go before we record our podcast. I'm going to go. I'm going to get some work done. Um, and then I'll record the podcast. And then I'll clear out my shit and then go because I'm done with this office now. So... I get there. We record these podcasts at 2 p.m. I got there at about like 1 p.m. And I (laughs) open the door and a swarm of thousands of fruit flies like attacks me. And I'm like, you have to be fucking shitting me. (laughs) Uh, I'm like, did you leave there? No, but that's the thing is that I haven't been there for a week and a half. No one fucking took the trash out. And I might sound like entitled, but I just, I just know they take the trash out. That's a part of our contract, right? I'm just like subleasing yeah. this little space and, and I don't do much there. So the last time I was there, it was, we, it was weeks ago. I had whole foods. I had spent- I remember that TikTok. Yes. Yes. <laughs> no. Okay. Here it's all coming back to me. It was the day my grandfather died. And yes. I said, you know what? fuck it. I'm going to Whole Foods and spending $35 on lunch. And I did. That was over a week and a half ago. And that is what was in the trash. There there was not that much in the trash, but it was just, you know, leftover (laughs) lunch stuff. And so I'm there. It's like 1 PM. I'm like, I was supposed to shoot content. I was supposed to, and now I'm like cleaning out an office. I'm sweating. I'm getting hit in the face with fruit flies. (laughs) And now 
I'm home and I'm never going back to that office again. So the office was actually a wonderful, like when I was there, it was above a brewery and coffee shop and it was like cool and cute and whatever, but like, what a way to go. What a way to go. They were literally telling you to go home. (laughs) I like had to go get the poor lady that like, she works the little front thing. And I'm like, yo, like I hate to like (laughs) break it to you, but there's thousands of fruit flies coming out of my office. And I think she was like, giving a tour like minutes later to someone to try to like rent that office. And I was like, sorry, <laughs> but, and she was felt so bad. She's like, I'm so sorry. Like no one cleaned your office and I'm or, like took out the trash. And I was like, I I don't care, but like, damn. But Hey guy, rent this place. <laughs> so that's how my day's going. You know, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, it's that fine. Sucks. I was laughing. I was like, I was just like, you gotta be shitting me. And so mm-hmm. then I'm like, I have like the carpet, the monitor, like a box. I'm like ripping all this stuff out. Like I get it down in the car. It's like fucking 78 degrees in Florida. I'm like, I have like jeans and a sweater on playing Christmas music, like trying to be happy. And I'm just like (laughs) laughing about all of this. So that's my day. You need a hot chocolate. (laughs) No, I'm like sweating already. Um, But so now I'm at, this is why I don't leave my house. Like truly like, and I wasn't going to go to the office today, but I was like, well, I have time. And, you know, I just, I had to get all my shit out by tomorrow anyways. So, well, uh, thank God I went to, like just another day of the shit sitting there. Maybe another fucking thousand. Eroded would have come out. Replicated and fucking <laughs> procreated. So anyways, that's how I am. So don't forget to take your trash out, everybody. That's, that's, that's why I don't have a garbage in my office. So I don't leave anything in here, then, to be Smart. honest. I, um, well, my day, I would say, you know, and this is something that I would actually love to do a full episode on because I know your perspective on this is so different than mine. And I think it would be so helpful for me to learn from you. Um, but like I had one of those mornings that was just like riddled with mom guilt and like for perspective Mondays I spend with Noah, it's like, we call them mommy Mondays. And like, that was by choice. In hindsight, running multiple businesses, taking Monday off every week is, is challenging, <laughs> um, to say the least, because nobody else is off on most Mondays and like my, Tuesdays are my Mondays. So there's already like this layer of like anxiety on Monday mornings when I wake up. Um, but typically like I'm able to disconnect and spend the day with him. And yesterday we had like the best day. Um, he was in a great mood. He took a great nap. We were you know, with my brother who's in town from California um, and my mom. And it was just like a really nice day. Long story short, we spent a lot of time together. And typically on Tuesday mornings when the babysitter gets here so I can start work, it's challenging for him to like let go of me after those um, really nice Mondays. This, but typically like within five minutes, he's like obsessed with our babysitter and like, I'm good. I go to my office and I start my day. Today, he was just, I don't know if it's just like getting closer to two and the separation anxiety is starting or whatever it is, or like heightening, but like he would not let go of me and like the, the hysterics and like the, like the way that I cry when I'm upset. I like saw it in him and like the panic and like, where's mommy going? Even though he knows where I am, it was just like gut wrenching. Mm -hmm. And then I start to like question myself, like, am I even doing anything important that I like, that I should be going to work? or should I just be with him and like that track starts playing in my mind and then it's like when I'm ripping him off of me like after 35 minutes to like give to the babysitter like after doing the outside trick and the whatever and like showing him like all the things 
And I hear him screaming and I'm like sitting there, like, how am I supposed to work now? <laughs> right? Like, that's even if- so traumatic for you too. And, but then I keep thinking like, am I fucking him up? Because I'm like, not like staying with him or like, is this teaching him about, does he need to be taught anything at almost two? Like, it's just like this track. And like, maybe we need to bring on, you know, big little feelings for somebody. I would to love to, to interview them. <laughs> about this. I've taken their courses. Like it's, it's just so hard. And like in this episode, we talk about like parenting your inner child a little bit. And it's like, you just start to think like as a parent, like when do these things start? And like, what, how much control over, you know, my child's experiences do I really have? And like, it's, it's really hard. And so, you know, needless to say, I've had a great work day and my son came back from his play date so happy and like, he's fine. He's well taken care of. We love Hannah. Hannah, I know you don't listen to this podcast, but I love you. <laughs> um, but like, it's, it's a challenge. And like, that's just something that like, I'm just putting out there because I'm sure a lot of other moms, be a parents, feel caregivers feel this way. And it's hard. I can't imagine. And like, obviously I'm just not at that stage yet with Sienna, but like, even though she doesn't do that, like, I just know I, I couldn't even do it if I heard her crying in the other room. Cause obviously when they're so young, they cry so much, or maybe she just cried a lot, but it's just like, I can't even like mentally be around it. And maybe that's something I need to work through um too so like yeah no I feel there's you. nothing That's worse so than hard. hearing your kid cry and then there's nothing yeah. worse than like not being receptive maybe that's not the right word but like sometimes when like I feel like I'm not getting emotional from hearing it. Like that's when I know I need a break, right? Like it, where it's not like hitting me yes. the same way. Yes. And like, that's like part of the postpartum anxiety, depression, and like rage that happens when it's like, when that cry like becomes like numb almost, mm-hmm. or like you become numb to it, I guess is the right word. And like, that's definitely something I went through it, but like today it was more like questioning what am I meant to be doing and then I think about it and then I like get in my work groove and I'm like I am meant to be doing this like yes I you am are big people yes, I'm like I are. love what I do and I'm a better mom when I'm here but at the same time like it doesn't like take away how challenging like those moments are and I know they're only going to get worse because I was a very, I'm still emotional, but like, I've heard my mom say to me, like, I used to drop you off at preschool and like hide against the wall and like, listen to you scream. And when you stopped screaming, like, that's when I would leave. And so like, I know, and he is me in that way, but I don't know. Anyways, if you're listening to this and you have had a similar experience, you are not alone. That's what I'm getting to. You are not. And but I think both things can be true, right? Like you can be an amazing mom and miss him and want to be with him and also be an amazing dietitian and podcaster and kick ass at that. But I, I do feel you because there are times where I'm with Sienna that I'm like, I should be working. I have all these ideas that are coming up da, 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 and then I'm working and I'm like, why am I, what am I doing? Like, why right. am I even doing this? Why am I not with her? Like when my videos get like four views and I'm like, I, why, why was it important for me to make this right now? <laughs> I get it. I totally get it. Um, totally get it. But maybe we should have, maybe we should have had our guest talk us through that. Because I mean, she was a therapist. Should we talk about her? We should talk about <laughs> her. So 
Today, we had Dr. Caitlin Baker on the podcast, who is the, a doctor of clinical psychology who specializes in eating disorders, women's issues, and self-esteem. And if you don't already follow her on social media, you will after this episode, but her Instagram and TikTok handles are at that fat doctor. And she has over 400,000 people in her online community. And she's simply amazing. She is. And she works with people around the world, which is, I think, so important to just put out there because after you listen to this episode, you might say, I'd really like to work with her. And you can. Yes. (laughs) And that was something we kind of spoke off air after with her. But I'm so thankful for that because I can't tell you how many times I want to refer out to a therapist. And the laws are so stupid with how you know, crossing state lines with virtual work for therapy, like so dumb. So Caitlin and some of her partners said like, fuck it, we're going to become life coaches so we can help people cross state lines. So she has all of this amazing education and background and, but can help anyone anywhere at any time. And so, yeah, I'm, if you're with fine food freedom or happy, strong, healthy, you will be getting referred to Caitlin. (laughs) you guys enjoy this episode (laughs) all right caitlin so we're going to jump right in with our first and favorite question on the podcast so i know you're on tiktok i know you're on instagram (laughs) and we we'd like to start with you naming or calling out or recognizing the most recent or profound Thing that you've seen, read, heard that maybe has happened to you that stopped you in your tracks and made you say, what the actual fork is this? And I'm sure you see like a thousand of these a day, but just anything diet culture related that really just makes you say, what the fuck? Okay. That one actually threw me for a loop because I see so many, <laughs> so many things. Um, recently, I think it's been ads using creators that I know to be like anti-diet culture and whatever, just people in larger bodies being shown in an ad for weight loss without like their permission. And I like private message this person um, and, and was like, um, I'm pretty sure you didn't say that this was okay. Uh, and she was like, yeah, no, that's, that's not okay. And it's just like exploiting larger bodies for the purpose of weight loss. When like, literally that, that person is very, very much so against diet culture and, and all that it stands for. So, um, yeah. What the actual fork. I'm like speechless. Like that happened. <laughs> yeah. I had no idea. Like I, no one's ever brought that to us before. That's some heavy shit. So yeah. alert to everybody listening, please report if you see these, because that's wild. Yeah. What do you I mean, do? Uh, that's all you can really do. And like, she had to make a public statement that was like, I'm sorry if you saw this, like, that's not me and had to kind of do damage control on it, even though it was her being victimized, which I thought was just awful. But I've seen that a lot. I, even people who, um, their videos, like I've seen, um, fake like medical doctors who will stitch someone that's like in a larger body, one of their videos and be like, take this supplement or whatever. And then like shows an after of someone that's like completely different. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty messed up. 
we always talk about how fucked up TikTok is on the podcast and um and us three all have a TikTok trying to do the good work on TikTok but it's fucking hard when that's yeah. the shit we're up against yeah it feels impossible some days like I know a lot of other therapists on TikTok and they they don't get the kind of trolls that I get like they don't have people who are questioning their very existence or like telling them they're gonna die and things like that um which has made my presence on TikTok very interesting but it's also allowed me to like snap back at those people a little bit more like other therapists are like no hate to this create this person and then go on this tangent and I'm like no fuck you that was wrong you're wrong um because it's just a different kind of troll that comes after after me but it's a wild place do you ever find and this is like so not on the topic of what we want to talk about today but while we're here do you ever find that like sometimes you're like, ooh, should I post this? Like, is this going to end up on the wrong side of TikTok? Like, I get these, like, nerves sometimes. And then I'm like, fuck that. Like, this is the information that needs to go out there. But then when all of the mean comments come in, like, I start to question myself sometimes. And I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> like, oh my why gosh. am I doing this to myself? <laughs> yes. Literally, almost every post I've ever made that has, like, a full body or me wearing something that's um not you know, I'm not covered up. Like my whole ass is on the internet and it's fine. Um, but yes, every single time I'm so scared of where that's going to end up. And I, I've had one, um, that did end up on like the really wrong side and it was not fun. And it scared me for a long time to even want to post anymore. Um, but what we have to say is important. And I, I have to keep that in perspective of the people or the person who has never heard some of these concepts and what it can do to them um, or for them. So that's, it's a balancing act and kind of gaslighting yourself. Like, no, it'll be fine. Like it will, nobody will be mean um, to get yourself to post it. And then after that, it's just sitting and, and waiting, which after I post a video, I'm also like glued to make sure that it's like going okay. And that it's not, um, mostly just because I will start being mean in the comments, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of that with us. And that kind of leads us right into our next question of, you know, how your social media came to be. I'm sure the majority of our listeners follow already follow you or are definitely going to follow you after listening to this episode. So your Instagram and TikTok handle is at that fat doctor. Um, and you know, we, we talk a lot about thin privilege on the podcast and how Jenna and I have that. We try to talk about it as much as possible, but like, I'm so happy you even just pointed out like the hate that you're going to get from the internet is vastly different from what Jenna and I receive because we live in a straight sized body and we don't get the oppression or the discrimination or the hate mm-hmm. um, in the way that you do just for simply existing. Mm-hmm. So if, if you, whatever you feel safe enough to share with us could just really talk about, you know, how did you get to where you are today on social? Like, I'm sure you didn't just wake up one day and say like, I'm going to make an account called that fat doctor and talk, <laughs> you know, like what has your story been personally and professionally to get you to where you are today and what you're doing. Yeah. Um, so my story started like so many other people that I hear, honestly, um, COVID lockdown. Um, I wasn't really working cause we were trying to figure out telehealth and laws with telehealth are like a mess. So like we basically, I just had a huge chunk of time not working. 
um, downloaded TikTok, which I had done previously, but like opened it and did not understand it and was like, this is stupid. And then just like quit. So I tried it again. Um, and I was scrolling one night and I saw this girl who was, um, it was like a very emotional video. She was like crying and just saying like all these things about the things that she hated about her body and why can't she just be like thin and normal. And it really struck a chord in me. And I was like, I feel like there's probably a huge demographic of these people. Um, because when you're in the bubble of like grad school and, and the work that I do, um, everybody's kind of, I don't want to say this term, but like more woke than like the average person. Cause like, that's what we deal with, like acceptance and all that. But you forget that not everyone is that way sometimes when you're in such a bubble. Um, and I just, I just felt like I had to say something. So I started kind of doing general mental health content and that would like, did not go over very well. And my name was like kazoo with Caitlin or something really weird. Um, because I also had not gotten my doctor when I started, I was in my like last two or three months of my internship. So I couldn't, you know, call myself a doctor until I was officially one. Um, and then it just kind of changed. I think I just, I, after I saw that particular video, I made, um, a post of, I think I like took off my shirt or something like I mean, I had stuff on underneath, but like, it was like a big oversized hoodie and I like took it off. Um, and I was like, yeah, I'm fat. Like, so what? Like just started, um, being more, I don't want to say inspirational, but just trying to help people understand that like they don't have to hate their bodies. And especially, um, women with people who, um, don't necessarily, sorry, there's a lot of statistics about women in larger bodies and education levels and, um, feeling like they, you know, can't do things or are limited because of their size. And I, that's always been something that's really important to me. So I also just wanted to show them like, you can do anything. Um, so that was a really long story, but yeah, I'm here now. <laughs> We're so happy that you're here. I actually saw a TikTok, of course, where I get all of my news um, <laughs> about it was this creator was showing this article and because it made me think of what you just said that said statistics show that mean or like distasteful content is what goes the most viral. However, most people want the positive content to go viral. And where we are on social media is this weird balancing act of the only things that go viral are when you're being a nasty, like rude person back to a comment kind mm -hmm. of post like Sam and I have poor <laughs> I experience with. <laughs> <laughs> but when we post something inspirational, it's like, the people that see it, they were meant to see it and it's great and we're helping people, but it, in the world of social media, like it flops, right? Yeah. So it's like this balancing act of trying to give people what they want, but like also not wanting to be like an asshole all the time. <laughs> like, it's, a, it's a fine life balance also, like just in general. <laughs> um, but yeah, for sure. It is really difficult. I stopped posting what I think people wanted and I posted what I wanted. And I tried to think of, um, for a while I had a really large fan base that was like elementary school girls. Um, and I just posted what I thought like little Caitlin needed when I was like a chubby kid. Um, and that's kind of what I go by. I really stopped trying to please people because it, it was just burning me out. I couldn't come up with ideas. I felt like I was just being completely drained of all creativity and just 
trying to make everything look perfect and it's just that's not me um so yeah I said fuck that and you guys get me dancing in a grocery store today like that's that's what you're getting (laughs) so but that is so needed and I love I love how you kind of wove in like some of that inner child work into it of just like, what did little Caitlin need to hear? Mm -hmm. And that's so cool to hear that you have, and also scary that there's elementary girls on TikTok. Like (laughs) that just like, I'm like, oh my God. Like, can you imagine like, no, like, can you imagine us three being on TikTok at seven years old? Absolutely not. I couldn't imagine the internet at seven. Like, I mean, I think, it was there, but not the way that it is <laughs> the way that it is now by any means. But they were they're the cutest, honestly. Like I used to get stitches of some of my like dancing videos or things like that, and they would be like dancing along with me and just like the like, heart. Um, yeah. So I, I also just think about like what would Lizzo do? Like WWLD. Um, because <laughs> I know when I first even heard about body positivity and that kind of stuff, it was from an article that I saw about this new artist who was like pushing all these boundaries and was like, I fell in love immediately. Um, and that was when I was quite, I don't know how old I was, maybe like 18, 19. And it was like a game changer for me just hearing that there's this person existed. So that's also my reference point is what would Lizzo do? So, (laughs) and you get to be that person for so many young humans. I'm not even going to say girls. I'm sure there's all sorts of genders who follow you that you're just so inspirational. Um, so on that note, I think, you know, something that I I hate and I, and I would assume that we all hate, um, I don't want to assume, but is the, the term atypical anorexia Mm -hmm. and, Um, For those listening who may not know what it is, when we look at anorexia, you know, an emotional disorder characterized by the obsessive desire to lose weight, heavy air quotes, atypical anorexia is just anorexia, but not meeting the criteria of the extreme weight loss. Um, So basically existing in a larger body and having anorexia, which is not atypical, but we call it atypical because that's how it's been characterized. So I would love to hear from you, Caitlin, like when you work with clients or if you do have clients in larger bodies that are struggling with eating disorder that, you know, have disordered eating, but they think like, well, I can't possibly like, do they even recognize that they're struggling with something or do they think that they're not allowed to because they're in a larger body? Um, Because nothing grinds my gears more on TikTok than when we see people in larger bodies talking about their struggle and then you see these like gym bros commenting back being like, lose weight, lose weight. And mm-hmm. you're just like, you motherfucker. So I'm rambling, but <laughs> no, I no. would love to hear any advice you have for someone who resides in a larger body and is struggling. Yeah, I actually, I think that that is more common for me to see than binge eating disorder. Uh, and I primarily see people in larger bodies. Um, it is often not recognized. Like they think and it breaks my fucking heart. They think that like they don't deserve to eat or because they're larger, like it doesn't count. Um, and they're just, I mean, dieting in a lot of ways is a form of anorexia, especially. And that's a whole other topic, but, um, I see it so frequently and it, it's so hard to, to try to get out of that mindset of, um, I can't, 
you know, have anorexia unless I'm basically like dying from starvation. Um, but if your body doesn't reflect that, what we traditionally think it, it should look like with someone who has anorexia, you can still have so many health concerns from the deprivation of nutrients. Um, I would say like, you're valid, just period, point blank. I see you. I've been trying and emailing and working with people to get the DS, like to get that out of the DSM um, and using my voice for that because just that, you know, little line in there is so hurtful to so many people. Um, So I just want to validate people that are experiencing that and that it is real and you don't have to be a certain size to um, have disordered eating habits or have atypical anorexia should just be anorexia period thank you so much for sharing that with us and I think that's it's just so important for people to hear that and I love how like simple your answer is like you're valid like your your experience is valid your emotions are valid um because uh, it's just it's so constantly out there that it's not and it's so wrong. So thank you so much for shedding light to that and bringing that up. And on that topic, what if we have some listeners listening to this, and this is the first time that they've heard this terminology and their whole life, they've just, you know, had the mindset or the thought that because they aren't of a certain size that they couldn't possibly have anorexia. Is there anything that you can share for not warning signs is not like the right terminology, but symptoms, um, for, to reach out for more help? Yeah. I think if my number one go-to, I mean, for, I guess we're talking specifically about anorexia, but for, for anybody really, if, if food is what consumes your thoughts, like 90% of the time, probably a sign that that something in in the brain is not quite working correctly um if you are experiencing things like lethargy constantly like um sleep issues um feeling like your body just hurts all the time those are more physical symptoms Um, But sometimes people who aren't getting enough nutrients don't know that they're not getting enough nutrients. And those are some of of the signs of that. Um, In terms of mental health, I mean, if you are just feeling down, defeated, um, if you are constantly checking yourself in the mirror, checking yourself on the scale, um, I would say that that, those are also indicators. People um, typically who um, are more, I guess, less occupied with, uh, their weight and their body size aren't really doing those things. Um, I also like to say your body should be the least interesting thing about you. So if that is what you consider to be the most interesting thing about you, that also could be an indicator. It's time to maybe talk to somebody about it. What I think is like crazy when we look at the world is how much of that is like normalized, right? Mm -hmm. Like what you just explained, I feel like a hundred percent of people at some point in their life can be like, yep, that that's me. I was just thinking about a viral video that I had once where like this person was listing off all of these gut health issues. And I was like, hold up. Like you're literally listing criteria for an eating disorder, disordered eating. And people were like, she's so rude. Not everybody has disordered eating. I'm like, but like, actually, actually they do. Maybe we should talk about this more. (laughs) 
Yeah, it's so prevalent and it's it it's so interesting because people just it it is normalized. Like talking about your food, talking about weight, talking about what new diet you're doing or what new supplement that you're taking to try to lose weight or um it's just common like water what is that called? A water whatever, the water thing in business. I don't know. I don't work in an office like that. Water cooler. That's the word. Um, like water cooler talk is like, um, I've even had clients who are so self-conscious to like bring lunch at work because all the other women in the office are doing some diet and they're not wanting to like, and then they're restricting because they can't eat in peace because everyone else is too worried about what they're eating. And it's just, it's, it's all hard and it's so common um, so that's why I say like any of those things that we're, we're talking about that we're discussing, it is very likely that you are suffering with disordered eating, especially if you are, um, female identifying or, I mean, not even necessarily, but just statistics wise, um, go talk to somebody and, and rule it out because your quality of life, whether it's there or it's not there, it's not going to hurt anything to get it checked out. <laughs> Well, I am going to hand it over to you, Jenna, because I see you wrote a question in our document that I really love um, because we've talked a lot about like friends before in this realm, but I'm going to pass it over to you. So I just think being that we're almost in like the holiday times, which I'm sure is when this episode is going to air. I think there's a lot of people struggling with many things about going home for the holidays, if that's in their realm of possibilities, but Talking with family members, and let's say a family member is listening to this podcast or somebody who is struggling has passed this podcast over to a family member. Do you have any tips for families for supporting somebody with an eating disorder, specifically around this time of year that can be super triggering from a mental health perspective, physical health perspective for many people, just in general? So someone that's like a family member that's actually wanting to be supportive, which is yes, yes. And I want to also add a disclaimer because I know Jenna, you said eating disorder. Like, if a family member knows somebody's been struggling with like chronic dieting, right, and they don't want to do that anymore, because I don't want people to think like, oh, I don't have an eating disorder, so you know this isn't for my family members. So really, just in that eating disorder, disordered eating bubble. So if there, is there such a thing as a supportive family member and not a triggering one? And if they exist, if those unicorns exist, what do they do? Um, I think that's a great question and not one that I'm frequently asked. Um, normally it's like, how do I get this aunt to stop talking about my weight? Or, um, I think a supportive family member can just look like not talking about it, not talking about the, their food or what they're taking or how much or how little. Um, another possibility is I know some people really have a hard time eating in front of others. Um, so making yourself a safe person that, that they are comfortable eating with, offering to go into a separate room so they're not alone while they're eating, or um, if that's absolutely off the table, then offering to just let them go into a different room and like, don't make it weird. Um, <laughs> Uh, again, that's that's one that I, I am not super familiar with. I think um, it's a absolute unicorn. Um, but just letting them have have space and and just don't talk about it <laughs> unless they're coming to you first. 
I love that because it is such simple advice. Like if, if, if anyone sends this to a loved one, like just don't talk about it. Can we talk about anything other than food and the size of our bodies? Yeah. Point blank. There are so many things to get into a fight with your family about like politics, like just bring up politics. Like why does it have to be about my body? It's so true. That was spot on. And I think it always comes back to the most simple advice is the hardest for most people to follow. Yeah. Right? It's like, um, but yeah, that was very, very helpful. Thank you. <laughs> I love that. And I think I want to wrap this episode because I think it was so beautiful. What you said earlier, I want to wrap with this question for our listeners. If they can just like close their eyes and picture little whoever they are. So like little Sammy, little Jenna, little Caitlin here. Um, if you could just kind of end this episode closing out, like with some tips or some words that the little version of us might need to hear. I think before even starting that process, asking yourself, like what did little me need and fulfilling that as adult or teenage or whatever version. Um, but also most importantly, your body doesn't matter. You matter. That's, that's it. Mm. That was so, so perfectly good. said. <laughs> so Caitlin, can you tell everybody listening if they do not already where they can find you, where they can learn more about what you offer and how you support people, your team as well? Um, any links, anything that you want to share? We would love to hear them. Yeah, so I'm that fat doctor on TikTok and Instagram. I have a Twitter, but I don't really use it, so I wouldn't go there. <laughs> um, I also have a little podcast that I sometimes do when I feel like it. Um, very unorganized. It's fine. Um, and I also, I am a co-owner of a business that I started with um, two other TikTok therapists. Um, and we're doing life coaching because we can't give therapy to people out of state because laws and stuff. Um, so we moved over to coaching where, um, I help, I specifically help people, um, learn to love themselves and how to fight against, um, all the, the bullshit of the world. Um, I have another, um, one of our other owners is a certified intuitive eating counselor. Uh, and then we have another person who does like ADHD, um, that kind of stuff. And he's also a men's body positive activist. So if someone was not comfortable when this space it's again mostly women or women identifying people and uh it's not true like they're out there so we we like to offer um that as well um i'm working on things like websites and and all that kind of good stuff but unlike most social media people i have a full-time job so um it's a slow process but i'm i'm around and um i yeah i'm open to communication find my email if you need to I can connect you with resources mental health resources um even whatever I'm around I love it so the easiest tip to anyone listening open your TikTok open your Instagram and follow that fat doctor you will not regret it like I said my that's not enticing enough my whole ass is on the internet so (laughs) if that's what you want is there too 
You got it. <laughs> thank you, Caitlin. Yeah, no problem. Guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of What the Actual Fork Pod. We know there are a lot of pods out there, and we are so grateful that you are here listening with us. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe, like, share with all your friends and faves, and follow along with us on social at What the Actual Fork Pod. We promise to continue to bring you the hottest topics, greatest guests, and the most fun you can possibly have while fighting diet culture bullshit. We love you, we appreciate you, and we will see you next week for a lot more fun. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig, inspiring kid confidence.